Uh, hi, this is Heidi McDonald of PW Comics World's More to Come podcast, and I am here with Bob Fingerman, the creator of Minimum Wage, which just relaunched uh, this month from Image Comics, was its first new number one issue in, uh, what was it, 2014 years? Is that really true? Uh, I think actually the last print issue came out in 99. So 15 years. After a fif- brief 15-year hiatus, Minimum Wage is back. Yeah. Um, so congratulations. Um, you know, how did it feel to be back in print with uh, the stories of Rob and his uh, uh, his interesting love life, I suppose you could say? Weird and good, which I suppose you could also say is a description of Rob's love life, although I don't know about the good part. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's I mean, it's great to be working on it again. It It still feels as I'm just on the cusp of completing the fourth issue it still feels a bit uh, uh unlikely and uh and good though i mean it's definitely nice to be to be back in harness right right, right. well we i talked to you um almost a year ago and how this came about was you would originally put out the big hardcover maximum minimum wage which was a collection of the complete uh story from from before um, and I, you know, I think you were kind of just getting back into the comics waters with with this um, personal story. But you know what? For those readers who aren't familiar, can you just explain uh, with minimum wage? Where does uh, Bob Fingerman end and Rob Hoffman begin? <laughs> Rob Hoffman begins about a decade after me. Um, he's he's a younger fictionalized version of myself, although. Uh, and this this goes off into a whole different direction, but it it does sort of address kind of the new direction of the comic. I would say the material in that was collected in maximum minimum wage fell more neatly into the category of quasi autobiographical because mm-hmm. I would say it was while fictionalized, it was certainly informed by my life, but the the new direction. Uh, of the relaunched mm-hmm. minimum wage is to it's it, hopefully it will be seamless and I think it's seamless because I'm having people ask me did that really happen <laughs> and so long as there are people who know me right. and they're asking that means that that it feels real but but one of the things that kind of held me back was I wasn't sure I wanted to keep mining my own life right. so directly right. for material well, just to just to set this up for anyone who isn't familiar with it, the original series, uh, you know, Rob Hoffman is a young cartoonist artist living in New York City, and he and his girlfriend Sylvia are contemplating moving in together and eventually getting married. And this was sort of based on on you know real life occurrences um, for yourself, but but uh, this marriage did not last. Now you are happily married to your wife of 22 years. So so you know there was kind of an is that is that an accurate way to uh, to sum it up an early relationship and now yeah. for for you but now you know Bob Fingerman has gone off on a on you know 22 years of uh, of happiness whereas Rob Hoffman finds himself in 2000 uh, just what, twenty-five years old, yep, and uh, divorced, and trying to negotiate uh, this strange new world. So, um, which obviously in two thousand you were happily married, so <laughs> it's not autobiographical in that way. So, how did you think? Of- no, but I was a twenty-five-year-old divorcee. I right. mean, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, glibly refer to that as, uh, you know, my practice marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make your mistakes early, I say. <laughs> and so I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, I think nowadays they call that a starter marriage. So, oh. um, are, are, did you find though now that you're kind of branching off in a uh, fictional direction? Um, I mean, how did the stories? You know, how easily did the storylines come to you? Well, in a way, once I decided to, to to kind of pursue that a bit more, they they actually came quite easily. It's when I was really thinking more about my real life that it was feeling a bit, you know creatively constipated so i mean the thing is it's like it's i think and again this is where you know i'll use the word seamlessly again it will it will be taking stuff from my real life and then also uh complete fiction and then hopefully melding the two so that uh they're indistinguishable right, right. you know if i can have people always saying did that really happen then I'll know I did my job. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, uh, I would have to say I count myself among those because uh, I was reading this and it's like, wait a minute, did this really happen? <laughs> um, do do you you know the, not to drag in too many of the conventions of uh, you know superhero comics, but there's also a little bit of a continuity issue here with minimum wage and that. Um, I mean, I think you've gone back and forth about having it a period piece. And as opposed to, you know, the modern modern world, so to speak. And, and you ended up setting it in 2000, um, which, you know, hard to believe that that quaint little known time um, before Google, Facebook, uh, Tumblr or anything like that before social media, which I would have to say would be the greatest uh, development or drones or the Iraq war, I suppose. But, um, you know, how do you stay true to that era? I mean, are there any little quirks about it that you, you find are especially interesting? Um. Well, you know, I mean, the, the the last continuity issue that came out, as I say, was in 99, and that was set in 97. Uh, so I just advanced the story three years, you know, to, to 2000, because I thought 2000, that's a nice round number. Let's, I mean, it was almost as arbitrary as that. Um, but, you know, when I was doing minimum wage originally, it was contemporary. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's this 80s thing. No, it was set when right. I was doing it. I mean, and, and that was also a reason why I made the character Rob, you know, a decade younger than me. I mean, he's born in, in 74. Mm -hmm. um, and so now, you know, when I was doing minimum wage originally, it was just a contemporary thing. Now it is a period piece. I mean, it's, it's funny to think that 2000 is a period piece but it's you know it's as you say the world was a different place and i do have to constantly remind myself of that like i mean a, you know a light example of that that i had to correct in the first issue was i wanted to have a some douchebag at the nightclub um wearing an ed hardy shirt because to me there's you know there's right. no greater shorthand for a certain kind of lunkhead than an ed hardy shirt mm -hmm. and you no know comment. i yeah, but I did, you know, I did the homework. Ed Hardy didn't start until 2002. So it was like, okay, that's got to go. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I do have to constantly kind of check myself to make sure I'm doing things that, that aren't anachronistic. Right, right. What a primitive time it was. But, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I've seen people comment on how, you know, Rob is divorced. He's moved back in with his mother. And, and uh, it actually kind of mirrors a lot of the millennial dilemma. Um, you That's know, true. Have you have you found uh, you know have you found people responding to that as well? Um, well, I haven't gotten a lot of response yet. I mean, the thing is, the, you know, it, the first issue only did come out uh, one week ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with the exception of a few reviews I've read, which you know, mercifully have all been uh, 
uh, positive, there hasn't really been a lot of feedback yet. Um, you know, I'll be very interested to hear what readers have to say about it, both readers and, and what, what I'm hoping obviously is in addition to, you know, the, the original readers, I'm hoping there'll be a lot of new readers and, you know, both of those reading groups will have very different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Now, are you planning at all to go back and show the actual, um, you know, divorce or, you know, do a flashback to too much of that? No, 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 I, I, you know that, I mean, again, I've had a lot of years to think about this. And I didn't want to show the marriage crashing and burning. I mean, originally, that's what I thought I was going to do was take him through the paces. And I just mm -hmm. thought, God, what a miserable experience <laughs> that'll be for me to right, right. to relive, to to write, to draw. And I think it'll be a miserable experience for the readers who, you know, many of whom, uh, I think most of whom probably liked Sylvia. And I didn't, I didn't in a way want to portray all that negativity just because I thought it would be a drag for everyone. So it just, and also when I thought about bringing it back, it made sense to me because I, I do kind of like anticlimax. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're conditioned as a, as a, a public to, that consumes entertainment to always have either neat endings and, and, you know, kind of bang up conclusions and so right. forth. And I, I like things a little bit more oblique. And in a way, I liked the symmetry of the last panel of, you know, the big book being Rob saying, I do. And then you immediately, when, <laughs> when we started up, he's divorced. Right. And it's just like, to me, that that felt much more satisfying creatively than just, you know, making it, like I say, a slog. Right. And I think doing flashbacks in a way would do it a disservice. I just think, I, you know, I don't really like flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't think it would feel organic to the way I'm telling this story. Right. And I also think it is fairly um, obvious in the maximum minimum wage material. There is plenty of foreshadowing of elements that could have come between Rob and Sylvia to, um, you know, scuttle this marriage. So it's not like you have to do too much imagining to see what issues, you know, what, what might not have worked out, I guess. So, right. Um, or we can use our, you know, our imaginations. Um, you know, artistically, uh, you've changed your style a little bit and, uh, I noticed. I think a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you do get duotone. Have you worked in duotone before or what was the thinking behind that? Uh, duotone. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm looking at Oh, the... like the the, uh, the, yeah. the color. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, because duotone... Yeah, I'm sorry, I was thinking of something else. Yeah. Sorry, well, you know, I've always liked that two-color look. Um, you know, the reason the gray tone was done in the other book was just because it wasn't really in the budget or whatever to do a second color. But, you know, I, I mean, I've just... I've always liked that look. I think ever since uh, probably the first place I saw it was Highlights Magazine, you know, right. in a dentist's office when I was a kid, you know, the timber toes and right, right. stuff like that. So it took hold and, you it's know, I think Ghost World looks great and Darwin Cook's, uh, you know, Richard Stark adaptation yeah. is great. So, you know, it's my turn. It's it's kind of become shorthand actually for a certain kind of literary graphic novel approach to things. I mean, I notice a lot of books that come out from um, actual mainstream publishers are done in duotone and um, or two color process, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And a lot of books that come out from dedicated graphic novel publishers are also um, in the process. So I think readers have you know really um, accepted it in a way. It doesn't seem to have too much 
doesn't seem to put too much of a uh, wall between, you know, it's not hard to understand, I guess. It's easily acceptable. Um, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit also. I mean, you've joined the image fold uh, after all these years. And, uh, you know, last time we talked, you mentioned how Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead, was kind of your sponsor or your, um, you know, your big cheerleader in getting you into image. And, um, you know, how's that going? How do you like being part of the image revolution? I like it very much. I mean, it's, again, it's the word unlikely keeps cropping up. You know, years ago, if anyone had ever told me minimum wage would have found a home at Image, <laughs> I would have scoffed. Because, um, it, I mean, it definitely would not have had a place. Um, but, I mean, Image now is, I, I think, there is no Image look anymore. You know, I think there used to be sort of almost a house style mm -hmm. and uh, based on, you know, the generation of artists that had founded it, but they've diversified so much and they've got so many different things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they've been great to work with. I, you know, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed working with them. Now, have you found, um, in bringing this back, I think we were talking a little bit earlier, um, when you would, when we first talked last year, you're also talking about, you know, just as Rob is kind of, you know, getting back into the dating scene after being married, you were kind of getting back into the monthly comic scene for, uh, you know, on your own, and it was a new world of digital and all that sort of stuff. I mean, have you had any impressions of that, or you know, thoughts about it, any lessons learned about bringing bringing the comic back to this this new world? Uh not really. No, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. I, I don't really think about, like, in terms of the the digital aspect, that's just kind of handled on their end so mercifully. I don't have to, to worry about what happens to it, you know. I mean, but it it ends, I guess, comiXology sells the digital ver version. But in terms of the actual creation, all I've been focused on is trying to tell the story as best I, I possibly can. But I mean, my, my, you know, my, my methods have changed, not just the way I draw. I mean, it, it's, you know, the, the evolution of, of the way I draw, I think it, it's, I mean, it's a radical departure. Like right. if you look at the opening, in fact, I was thinking of doing a blog post of showing the, the kind of many faces of Rob, how he's evolved and how the art has evolved over the years, but the storytelling is different. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's... I was going to say, was, gone to a, a uh, different uh, format just in terms of the number of panels. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've I, really, you know, I kind of, I find it a very nice readable format. I don't like, I like having my panels have a lot to look at, but I don't want to cram the page too much. And actually working on, I was working on a... a, a TV pitch with a friend for about a year and though that didn't ultimately work out working with him on it was uh I think very uh in um it's the word I'm looking for influential on the way I am writing minimum wage now because there's a, a sort of brevity to the way you write for television um and when you know I mean you know from reading the original minimum wage was very, 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 very talky. Yes. And the dialogue, I think, is actually more naturalistic now. You know, that was my, my earlier attempt at naturalism was, well, 
you know, everyone will speak in these these big speeches, you know, as if right. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know, because I mean, in a way, I, I, I run my mouth, you know, that's kind of why I'm here. But um, not everyone runs their mouth on and on like I do. Um, right. Not everyone speaks a complete paragraph. Right. Exactly. You know, I've got carriage returns all over the place in my just my normal speech. But um, so the writing is a bit more economical mm-hmm. in the in the the new minimum wage and i think it actually reads it's a quicker read i mean i think some people like the fact that it was a really dense read before but i think it is it's a more natural right. read now right yeah i i liked it it did seem to have opened up quite a bit and and i mean i like just the way the characters came across too because you were able to kind of it did have a lot more flow to them um you know, as they're reacting with Rob. I mean, the first issue takes place at a nightclub where they're, or actually a, a band. They're going to go see a band. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that classic a newly single guy experience um, that, that you know, is, is a traditional uh, rite of passage, I guess. So, uh, And that was based on reality. I mean, I, I didn't have ID this one time right after I'd split up. And, and I did actually bitter my way into a club. Wow. That would be the one thing you'd think wasn't didn't really happen, and yet it did. So yep, no, I because I, I, I mean, and and that line that someone says you can't fake that kind of bitterness, <laughs> it's true. You know, when a when a twenty five year old is coming across as this kind of broken, world weary guy who's just pissed off and angry and so forth, a bouncer, I mean, will just say, "Oh, just go, <laughs> right? <laughs> just get out of my face." Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot of lot of great moments. What what um. Uh, without giving too much away, I mean, what are some of the other adventures that Rob and friends might have down the road in the next few issues? Well, I mean, it really is kind of <laughs> it's the many many loves of Dobie Gillis, only uh, you know a bit more R-rated. Um, you know, Rob being a single guy now, he will have new uh, you know new women in his life. Uh, so certainly anyone who's who feels a, a loyalty to Sylvia might bristle at that. But um, and, you know, she who knows whether she'll. Well, who knows? I know. But uh, she might show up in, in unexpected ways in future issues, too. Right. Well, I mean, you've you've said that you don't want to portray your your relationship with your actual real life current wife no. because that's private so exactly so, uh, so do you know i mean is rob going to end up with somebody or is he going to be single for a long time do you not well, see, are you not letting it flow or well see that's the th- i mean i've got three six issue arcs plotted um and in a way not only uh was my decision to start going in a more fictional direction. I mean, you know, I've, as you know, I've, I've, you know, written novels in the last few years and I've, I've, I've become much more confident in my ability to, to spin a fiction. Right. So, you know, and, and in a way before I did minimum wage, I was only writing pure fiction. So, um, now, now minimum wage will just be melding them. But in addition to wanting to protect my privacy, um, it also had to do with uh, making, you know, for lack of a better, making better product. Because, I mean, I don't want to do just some domestic comedy about... Nobody wants to read about a a, 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 a couple that are doing well. It's right. boring. So, you know, 
in addition to not wanting to to portray uh, my present day life, it also just kind of put a cap on things. It's like, well, if I if he meets the right girl, series over. You right. know, right? It's it's more interesting to watch him kind of navigating dangerous waters or at least unstill waters than to give him a nice happy life. Right. Right. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, the day will come maybe when I do finally want to end the thing where he does meet the right girl and that's how how it'll end. It'll just be like he meets the right girl the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, there's certainly lots of uh room for uh dating mishaps and and so on. Um you mentioned uh other media. You have written two novels and um you know, I know you've been uh, dabbling and developing minimum wage for tv i mean any other plans along those lines at this point or it's always a very precarious thing to talk about things that are you know mm-hmm. possible um but not definite because uh i don't believe in jinxing myself right. but you know whatever um i mean yeah there there are a few things that are in the discussion stage right now i mean you know i'd obviously uh, one of the uh, one of the other reasons I brought minimum wage back was to show, hey, there's a lot more material, um, and so it would lend itself very nicely to uh, live action. But uh, you know, always trying to get something adapted into something. Um, it's it's premature to talk about certain right, things, right, but right. there 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 are things going on re- with one of my novels, and you know, we'll just leave it at that. Right. If, if there is a more concrete uh, development, uh, I will give you the the, the breaking exclusive. <laughs> All right, I will hold you to that. Um, any other projects? Now you said that you're doing this in in kind of like HBO type six issue miniseries, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So, I mean, is that working for you creatively? Is that format, you know, ideal? I think so. I mean, I, you know, I'm working kind of at a capacity, and and since I do everything. You know, I'm I'm kind of working, like I say, I'm working to my to my limits. So, you know, as I as I said before, I'm just finishing up the fourth issue. So I've got a nice lead. Uh, I'll get the next two done. Then there'll be a break while I get to work on the next batch. Uh-huh. Um, any other projects that you have upcoming that you can talk about, or or uh, just minimum wage for now? Yeah, no, this is pretty all-encompassing. So this is like the main thing, and then there's the thing that I'm being very vague about. That's you know, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we don't like that. We... Potentially, could be very interesting to talk about once there's more to actually talk about. Yes. Well, there's always there's always more to come, as we like to say here on More to Come. <laughs> so uh, there well, you go. I will let you get back to drawing, Bob. But thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, thank you very much for letting me. All right. Take care.